Hey, if you're just tuning in, we recently got an awesome listener question in, and we've tackled that the last couple days. Should we ever pray like David did in at least one Old Testament psalm for God to hurt someone? Can we ask God to do that and turn the other cheek? Well, no, it's a heart-level issue, and that would still be us being vengeful. And then yesterday we asked the question or answered the question, what about all that weird Old Testament stuff about wishing ill on one's enemies? As we saw yesterday, this thing called redemptive history or salvation history demonstrates that people are held accountable according to what they have. So David then, and we now, should pray in confidence that God's ultimate justice will come. Even if David's language was weird because of the time period he was in, the principle is the same for all people at all times. But I can imagine another thought bubbling up, spoken or unspoken, that's just part of the big story, there's no more judgment, right? I mean, this whole Jesus thing is supposed to be about love. Jesus is all about love, right? Welcome. Hello, Hopeful. This is Roger Corville, and this is for the Hope's Always Be Ready segment, where we supplement our daily Bible read-through with a short exploration of an idea, something that relates to us thinking more strategically and biblically and living more effectively as Sunday morning touches down on Monday morning. Now today, we see that what Paul said in Romans 12 when he said to leave vengeance or justice to God, and when he said that we should even love our enemies, that is a point on a historical line. And yet we saw that that whole justice and grace thing extends throughout the whole Bible. So in a quick review, in the Pentateuch, sometimes called the law by New Testament writers, which is the books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, it was there in Deuteronomy that God said, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay. And then it was also him, we saw, who would provide the grace. So here comes Paul quoting that in the time of Jesus or a few decades after Jesus, right? Don't conquer evil with evil, overcome evil with good. That's the instruction to us since Jesus' resurrection, right? The new covenant and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for believers as we now know of that. But if what we are to do is love God and love our neighbor, there's a, a nuance or a distinction that is often made mistakenly when we go, oh, Jesus was all about love, right? We're supposed to do what Jesus did. I mean, a good God wouldn't send someone to hell, right? Jesus just loved people. So we should just love people. Well, my friends, that's half true. And that's the value of reading the whole Bible. So let's start at the very end of the Bible today. When you get to Revelation, Jesus reveals to John various aspects of the end times, the end of history, we might say. And in the very last chapter of the whole Bible, Revelation chapter 22, Jesus says, Look, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. Ooh, so who does the repaying? Jesus. What does he repay? Justice. Each person, 
getting exactly what they deserve according to their work. But listen to what he goes on to say. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Oh, wait, who's that? Who is eternal here? God. Now, I won't go into a different strand of theology, which is the study of God here, but Christian theism is Trinitarian, right? God is one, one essence in three persons, Father, Son, Spirit. In other words, Jesus is as eternal as Father and Spirit and shares, here's the thing, shares all the same attributes. They are one essence. So all that Old Testament stuff saying, vengeance is mine, I will repay, is actually just as much Jesus saying that as it is Father and Holy Spirit. So Jesus came the first time to seek and save the lost. That's Luke 19.10. How do we seek and save the lost? By doing what he did in the first incarnation, when he first came. Love, compassion, winsomeness, loving our enemies. And he told us to do the same. But he comes the second time as judge. So he, Jesus, comes to repay. He's the eternal Alpha and Omega and now listen to the next words that come from Revelation 22. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Now, I'm not going to go deep into that, my friends, because the contrast is obvious. And it should be obvious that saying Jesus is all about love and that there is no hell can only be said by someone who doesn't read the whole Bible or doesn't believe what Jesus himself said. Now, remember where we started, a listener question, and whether or not we should pray for God to break someone's arm like David did in Psalm 10. But we've seen that God is patient and long-suffering, and waits, and waits, and waits on us in what we know of as history. And what does he wait for? For us to exercise something he gave us, free will, because his heart is that none would be lost. Now, some people don't choose to be blessed by God on God's terms, and sadly, their eternal destiny is what they decide. God, my friends, is love, and you were created in his image to love him and others. He didn't make you or anyone else a robot. And Jesus' followers, in the meantime, are to love and, as we've seen, pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which is that God will set all things right. Ultimate justice. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.